0: I'm the bridge. Cindy Lou Who. I
1: live in Phil Who you. I got a dog. His name is Max. my cup That is a Hey everybody, welcome a
2: to we need to talk about Kevin. Uh, a podcast where we is. watch every like tainted things, things thing that friends of Kevin Smith have touched. Um I'm Ted.
3: I'm Rose.
2: I'm Trevor. Merry Christmas. It's a special Christmas episode. <laughs> <laughs> um and <laughs> Special guests this week we have uh the host of Parents Just Don't Understand Kurt and Chris. Kurt has been on a couple times before. Chris is a new addition. Uh welcome Chris.
4: Hey, thanks for much for having you. me on. I'm a big fan uh because I grew up, you know, with Kevin Smith and I I look back on that like, you know, not 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 good now. Like, you know, that's it's like the tattoo you can't get off, but luckily I don't have a Kevin Smith well. tattoo. <laughs>
2: You say that, but I, I do want to say uh, I, I've seen you post that you have r- recently bought the Blu-ray edition of Mallrats, so what I want to ask fuck? you, what do you have to say for yourself? What is the matter what is with your you?
1: <laughs> Hostile interview.
2: <laughs>
4: yeah, yeah. Uh, this is our plan from the beginning. Oh, is, is this is an intervention? Uh,
1: exactly. Yeah.
4: Uh, I don't know. I, I just I can't Arrow Video puts out really good releases. Uh, I so. I, I've bought a lot of stuff blind. Buy at least this one. I knew going in, I was going to not enjoy the movie.
1: Uh, they I, put I, out I, have, really I really releases, have no explanation for myself. I really
4: have no none.
1: Yeah, thanks for thanks for having uh, us on, and thanks for having me back on. Um, I want to mention uh, that in one of your recent episodes, you you mentioned that I was one of only two guests to thank you for for having them watch a movie right. and i i retract that with this one i i did not uh you get no thanks from making okay. me watch the grinch in in great okay <laughs> so, our, our, yeah, un, our say, ungrateful
0: um, guest kurt schiller they can't appreciate
2: this perfectly fine uh fa- piece of family entertainment right. <laughs> Um, so we should say uh, the movie that we watched this week is uh, The Grinch, the 2018 version by Imagination Studios. Is that the name? Illumination Illumination. Illumination wow.
3: Uh, possibly what Wow. Prob- possibly the worst uh, movie studio in existence right now and one of the most damaging uh, film studios to ever uh, exist. A horrible <laughs> <They're> uh, <laughs> factory of miserable uh sanitized plastic, disgusting, quote unquote, films.
0: yeah, uh, that that they feed to the public. They're almost as bad as Pixar, but not quite.
2: <laughs> yeah. the the effect on not only small children's minds, but I'm not gonna get into it. Um, <laughs>
1: no, 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 please do because I mean, the existence of of minions is like that that's what replaced the cool Looney Tunes characters with, like, baby boomers doing, like, weird Facebook posts. It all used to be cool Tweety Bird and cool Sylvester, and now it's all, like, the the minions being like, I'm just saying that, and then some weird reactionary shit.
4: Yeah. Yeah, minions on a Blue Lives Matter poster. (laughs)
1: Like...
2: The thing is, I like the minions. I don't like how they've been co-opted. Okay, I think Ted, get out of here. Guys. Turn, turn <laughs> don't his, turn his mic off. I'm sorry. They've, I what
0: do you that, mean, you little bastard. What do you
2: mean they've been co-opted? <laughs> by they've whom? Not co-opted. <laughs> they've been perverted by the like freaks that make them say racist things on twitter but they They can't even speak and when they do speak it's in a mix of all different kinds of languages but but, um but i'm not saying they're great i'm saying i don't mind the minions you know When I see a minion meme and it's extremely racist, I'm like, well that sucks, but I don't think, you know, I don't think that's in the spirit I didn't realize
0: the issue with minions was that they're racist. I thought it was that they're fucking obnoxious (laughs) and irritating and people never shut (laughs) up about them. That's (laughs)
2: what most people's (laughs) issue is, but I think they're fine. I think they're okay. You know, they're not any worse than like any other thing. Well,
0: I've decided that the minions are in fact inherently racist and their designated (laughs) purpose was to be racist meme (laughs) characters. (laughs) Just like, just like how Pepe, just like how Pepe the Frog is tainted now, uh, and has become a hate symbol because uh, of the alt right, uh, the minions are also now a hate symbol.
2: Listen, just because that's your role on the podcast doesn't mean that every piece of art needs to have a intentionally. Motherfucker,
0: consistent. you're <laughs> you're the one who's always joking about saying slurs. I'm i perf- I'm a good guy. I don't
2: say that kind of stuff. Yeah, because like, anyway. Uh, I mean, you don't really know what the minions are saying. If you, that's, you know, if you, they could be. If you want to do your They're whole, iron,
0: if you want to do your whole ironic racism bit, Ted, that's fine with me. But just <laughs> stop trying to pawn it off on me like it's my thing. It's not. <laughs> <laughs>
2: um, okay, we're we're way off. Uh, You're a
0: mean one, We're way off the track Mr. Here. Grinch. <laughs>
2: I will say the one thing I did like about this movie was I like the like Tyler, the creator Grinch song, because that's just a very
1: funny idea. Songs. And I think it's actually like a pretty good song. There's two songs. Yeah. Um, He does that's the right. one yeah, yeah, yeah. at the beginning and then he does an end credits scene called I am the Grinch uh, where he's, he's rapping from the point of view it's... of the Grinch talking about how much he hates December and he's dropping like you know you know censored f-bombs but there are implied f-bombs about (laughs) the grinch being really mad at the christmas season and i i actually really (laughs) like it Um, okay and i wish there had been more tyler the creator since uh ted isn't really awesome since ted isn't
0: really doing his job here i'm just gonna point out that uh the grinch (laughs) this film the grinch by illumination studios was co-directed by kevin smith's friend and producing partner scott Mosier somehow improbably uh friend of the show scott Mosier, who we've discussed as being a total creep uh (laughs) uh ended up uh somehow co-directing this uh animated grinch movie um so that's why we're talking about it here and also because it's christmas
2: yeah also i just like the grinch (laughs) good story
0: so, am I the so, only one that kind of liked the movie? Did everyone else hate it?
2: Yeah, I didn't like I didn't, it one bit. I, <laughs> I was just like, yeah, I guess this is what kids, they show kids now. Yeah, and I, I was like,
3: this most, this this has the same appeal to me as watching uh, Booba, the show where... Uh, <laughs> Booba. uh Booba, which is a show which doesn't Booba. have... Which doesn't have any words in it, and it's just a bunch of people in costumes, like like wiggling back and forth, like songs and stuff for like babies to watch uh, while they shit themselves. I was like, yeah, that that's that's about what this feels like. It feels like this is a movie made for someone who doesn't have a fully developed brain and still poops themselves. <laughs> I uh, I bet if I I bet if I bet, if, uh, I bet if, uh, if I was a three year old, this would be very entertaining. But I I don't think that this gross, was.
4: You're absolutely. You're absolutely right because I took my three-year-old. This was her very first movie, and uh, in theaters, and she loved it. Like we and we have she watched it.
2: Did. She did. I'm not surprised. Yeah,
4: and, and we watched. We've watched it numerous times because it's on Netflix. So I didn't even need to rewatch it for this for this episode because I've seen it so many times. I'm just like and condolences and I, to I, but, that. I, but I agree with Trev. I I kind of like this. It's not as terrible as it could be. Like it's yeah. Uh, you know, it's
0: not as bad as it could be. I think yeah. Just- I think that this movie is significantly more entertaining than boobah. I'll say that much. It's totally, I guess, average. It's not great, but I also- It's as entertaining as
3: somebody like dangling their keys in
0: front of my face. I, I also have- Well, Rose also doesn't appreciate uh, the, the animation as an art form like I do. Uh, so that's another issue.
3: Illumination is an insult to animation as an art
0: form. You, they are blight the you, you don't on the get to be legacy. the arbiter of that because you disrespect <laughs> cartoons on a regular basis. But <laughs> I, I do. I had the same feelings about Illumination series as Rose. I hate the Minions. So I went into. I had no interest in seeing this until I thought that until we thought of doing it for the pod. Uh, so I went into this expecting to. Uh, th- totally hate it or whatever, especially because Kevin's friend was involved. But like, it's so much better than what my expectations for an Illumination movie would have led me to believe. It's like, I watched it and it was honestly not that bad. It like, it does actually look nice and they, they capture the kind of look of, of like uh, Dr. Seuss art a little bit. Uh and um and I thought mm, they did a did good scary. job with the animation and it uh there are some good gags and it's a little bit fun and it's not terrible I don't know. It's
1: it's definitely one uh, the of the better go ahead. Uh, uh
3: the the animation was disgusting to me. That's horrible. So ridiculous. horrible. You're so hyperbolic. <laughs> it's just <laughs> It's just the exact same thing they've done with every single film so far. They haven't changed their aesthetic yes. for yes. a single project. And I hate how their characters look. She- I hate how they're, uh, I hate the face that they do for every single character and the way that their bodies bend and stuff. Um, it works kind of because it fits into the Dr. Seuss aesthetic a bit. But um, I don't know how much I'll have to say about this film because it really was just another Illumination Studios. Algorithmically generated movie off the off the product line with like nothing really redeemable about it. Well, I guess to me this is
0: I never really have watched. I don't think I've ever really watched an entire one of those movies before because I don't have children. And uh, unlike my co-hosts, I was a fully grown adult whenever the Minions came out. So. Oh, you're right. I
3: watched it in school. Uh, we had a wow. day off where we
0: watched so, uh, Despicable I guess Game. I don't have the same kind of uh, animosity towards it uh, that Rose has. I just was sort of indifferent to it. Uh, and I do... Uh, so I don't like particularly love uh, the look of those movies, but I do think it sort of works for a Dr. Seuss thing. I think it comes pretty close to capturing that look in like a modern CGI animation form.
1: To, to me, so it, I, is, I it is like a middle of the road good. um Kids' CGI movie. Like, it's certainly not yeah. a terrible kids' CGI movie, but insofar as what it manages to do with the source material, which is like very straightforward, very well trodden, like, it, you know, y- you should be able to go back and either read How the Grinch Stole Christmas or watch the original cartoon and be like, oh, okay, I understand why this works and what works about it I think it's a really incompetent adaptation of it even though like insofar <laughs> as like if you put it alongside like the minions or like the other illumination stuff that they've made it's it's maybe even like a little bit better it's a, it's less annoying than, than, than the minions but just like, y- like two things stand out to me in particular one is that they use barely any of the original text of how the Grinch stole mm-hmm. Christmas and you can yeah. tell that what the, the stuff that they wrote themselves is like it's really pretty, bad. Pretty bad, yeah. <laughs> and yeah. it's very badly delivered. And like you're you're comparing it to the original cartoon had Boris Karloff doing both the narration and the Grinch's voice, and this uh-huh. has Pharrell doing what sounds like a first take test read that he like recorded yeah. into his phone. Like, like you can hear where they edited some of the audio. Like, it, <laughs> yeah. it like it like cuts out <laughs> abruptly a couple times. It's really bad. Like, like he's just. Like it sounds like he's he'd never read it before and was just like okay I'll just like pop this off into my phone and you know email the MP3 over to the studio yeah. like
3: I yeah it literally sounded like someone contacted him like hey Pharrell, on your lunch break could you be the narrator for the Grinch movie can you like get on Zoom and record this for like twenty minutes for us I yeah
1: it's like they sent him a cameo request
0: yeah I don't know all of that stuff was just fine to me I like I don't like. I agree that Pharrell isn't a particularly good narrator and the new rhyme stuff they wrote isn't very good, but it's like, Mm. I don't know, none of that bothered me. I'm just like, whatever, Like this is just such a disposable piece of entertainment. And also, the other reason my expectations were so low, forget about the minions and forget about Illumination Studios for a second. I have always hated that stupid fucking live action Grinch movie. I hate that movie. It dire- uh,
3: directed by a hillbilly elegy yeah. director, Ron Howard. And,
0: and I guess, and for some, and I kind of was on because first of all. I think it's such a mistake to adapt a Dr. Seuss book into like a full-length movie. Like don't even do that yeah. for one thing because they're not designed to be stretched out to that length. And I think I also just assumed that this movie would probably do all the same things that I hated about that one and it didn't. Uh for for one f- and so I think that the fact that like it it's not like a Perfect adaptation, of course, but the fact that it basically recaptures the spirit and the message of the original Grinch story without totally hard pass, without totally without. I basically, I'm saying it basically, it does. I'm not saying that it's as good or anything, I'm saying that it basically. Uh, has the same general spirit as the story and doesn't completely fuck it up the way the Ron Howard movie did. Uh, I was kind of like, oh, this is all right. And I fucking like cartoons. If you're going to make a Dr. Seuss thing, you might as well make it a cartoon. And it's
1: fun to see, I don't know, cartoons. To me, this completely uh, misunderstands okay. the like every aspect of the original. But it especially has the exact the message. It gets it totally right. No, it it doesn't. It doesn't. This, this Grinch is sad because he's lonely and he's sympathetic from the very beginning of the movie. And the whole point of the original is not that the Grinch is sympathetic. The Grinch is an asshole in the original. But, he, <laughs> the central thing about him is that he hates. Yes. Uh, let me quote the, the original. The Grinch hated Christmas no, no, no. the whole Christmas no, season. No, no, no. This Grinch no, whole does not Christmas hate. Christmas season. Well, here's the thing. Well,
3: that's part of the problem. It's a beta... This version is like a, a beta Grinch.
0: It's a, soy, a soy Grinch. Grinch. <laughs> it's like a soft. It's a
3: soft boy Grinch. It's a, a Grinch that listens Grinch.
0: to American football. Here's the thing. That's the thing <laughs> hey, that, that that's the thing that pissed me off so much about the live action Grinch movie because they invest so much of the movie into giving the Grinch this like tragic childhood story, and like half of the movie becomes about the Grinch as a kid getting adopted by these ladies in Whoville, and how he has this whole childhood where he gets rejected and I always felt that that totally like betrayed the whole point of the Grinch story because I kind of feel the same way Kurt does and then I thought they were doing that in this when they go oh I came from an orphanage but like they only really mention like very briefly like for like 30 seconds so it was like oh yeah I was an orphan and that was sad but Generally speaking, we just see the Grinch going around being a complete dickhead to everyone in Whoville, uh, basically (laughs) for no reason. And it's like, yeah, okay, you had a shitty childhood, but you're still just being a total fucking dick. You're bullying children, like, so uncalled for. (laughs) And also, all of the Who's are just nice to him. Like, in the the live-action version, the thing that sucked... Stop shaking your head at me, Kurt.
1: <laughs> I forgot I was on video. I forgot I was on video. In the, uh, in the,
0: in the live-action version, like all of the who's are actually like assholes. They're like they're like totally shitty, shallow people, and that defeats the whole fucking purpose of the story. And then here they almost do like a reverse thing where If anything, the problem with the Whos is that they're too nice. And the only reason that they don't realize that there's something wrong with the Grinch is because they're so fucking like over the top good natured that they're like oblivious to the fact that the Grinch is pissed off and being an asshole. And I think... Like, either way, you can never, like, make the simplicity of the original story work in a 90-minute movie and you shouldn't even try to do it. But if you're going to do it, I feel like going in that direction was a much better solution than what they did in the the Jim Carrey movie, which to me was a complete betrayal of the entire
1: purpose of the story. Because the you who's, didn't like how one of the characters the, the, was like was like horny for the Grinch. The Who's aren't even <laughs> the Who's aren't even good people like at all
0: in the in the fucking. They're not they're not even happy when they get up in the morning and sing like they have to be like shamed into it basically because all of the Who's except for Cindy Lou Who's family are a bunch of fucking dickheads and they deserve to have their huh? Christmas stolen in that version. We tried the
4: live action one like a little bit ago and the first 10 minutes are all about how much, pre- how many presents they buy, which is like the complete opposite yeah. of the story of the Grinch. Like which Ron is, Howard yeah. and
0: whoever like he, they scripted that movie completely fucking missed the point of the, so when I say that this basically captured the spirit of the original, what I mean is they understand what the story is about and what the basic message is. Like, uh, so just using that as a comparison point, it's the m- much more successful of the two adaptations. So that's kind of Ugh, like it's
3: it's hard to even where the bar it's hard is to even talk about it's hard to even talk about what this film's accomplished because it's like I mean there's already a perfect Grinch cartoon. That's true. And it's true. like 15 minutes long and it's beautiful. It's wonderfully animated. Yeah. The songs are amazing. And Dr. Seuss's stories are not novels. They yeah. are, if anything, they're poems or songs or something like that. And it's so weird and it just feel i mean i just felt empty watching this movie the entire time because you're watching someone take what is a beautiful little poem about how you have to um uh you know remember remember that love is the most important thing and that's why we're all gathered together at this time of year like this very simple christmas poem and you have to stretch it into 90 minutes of plot and backstory and the Grinch doing bits and jokes and he has dialogue and he has the stupid ass Benedict Cumberbatch voice, which I hated. And I'm like, this is like, it's like watching. I, I don't know. It's like, yeah, it's like watching a film adaptation of like a Baba black sheep or like Mary had a little lamb. Like it's, I I'm watching 90 fucking minutes of a, of a children's poem, which lasts Two minutes tops.
0: Yeah, all of that was the, baked so, in for me. I think, like, all of those were things. Yeah, there's going to be lame jokes. There's going to be annoying stuff. Like, uh, uh, all of that were things that I was like, just basic expectations of watching one of these stupid mm-hmm. CGI movies. Because I think they're all bad. The last one that was any good was they're maybe really like bad. fucking Wall-E. I think that was the last one of these CG animated movies that I actually oh, liked.
3: I thought you just meant Illumination Studios. No, 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 no. All of I mean, their
0: stuff has been horrible. I, I mean, all of them in general. DreamWorks, Pixar, for the last like ten years at
1: least, like it's all fucking repetitive garbage now. Uh, so I my- think the Leica films are pretty good, but yes, I agree insofar as like the CGI ones, and they're they're technically stop motion, I guess. Uh, yeah. <laughs>
0: But um, yeah, I I would, I couldn't disagree with any of these criticisms, but those are also things that I would apply to like any one of these fucking movies. So like, you know, and also the first time I watched it a few weeks back, I was a little bit high. I was drinking, (laughs) I was drinking kratom tea. I was in a really good mood. And what can I say? I like cartoons. And uh, there are some very, some pretty elegant bits of animation here and a couple of parts I found fun. I really liked the part early on where they do a very brief little um, uh, musical number of God Rest Ye Merry Gentlemen, where they're all like, <laughs> all, uh, and I almost, for th- because of that moment, I feel like this movie would have worked better if it was more of like a Christmas musical, like, If anything, if you want to stretch out this story to a much longer length than it needs to be, just put in some fucking Christmas songs. Because that dynamic of the Grinch being practically terrified of these who's singing Christmas carols and like they're threatening to him and he has to run away from the carolers. That was kind of fun. And some more stuff like that would have been good.
4: They're chasing them down and clapping their finger or snapping their fingers like the Jets <laughs> in, in yeah, the yeah, West Side exactly. Story. That was,
2: that was, I, I thought that was pretty. I like that. that more ever.
0: stuff like that would have made the movie better, I think.
2: The so, my, the weird part about that was that that's a specifically Christian song that yes. mentions Christ in it. Do the other Grinch movies have that? I, I don't think they do, but that. No, sort of imparts a, a little bit more no. strangeness I don't think, to it I don't but think like any of well, the other Christmas I don't
0: think any of the real world Christmas music is in the other versions of the Grinch I could be mistaken though
1: yeah I don't think so either No, there, there's just like there's that weird like who who song where they go like da who stuff. yeah yeah who song. It's that original
3: cartoon. I love, I love the music from it so much. That cartoon (laughs) from front to back, it's just so, it's so perfectly crafted. I, I love every little little element of it, and those songs are all very, uh, very effective and very memorable. It's, it's there's a very
4: funny uh, Doctor Seuss's Bible sketch on Kids in the Hall where they have a, (laughs) a, you know, a a Doctor Seuss character that they crucify.
1: It's really funny. (laughs) the thing that that really bothered me about this was like I I felt like there was one huge miscalculation that threw the whole film like off for me in a lot of ways and it actually was that sequence where he goes down into Whoville because to me part of the thing about the Grinch is that he is isolated and away from Whoville and so him going down into Whoville like several times felt like it made a it made the Grinch like not threatening because like oh he apparently Mm -hmm. comes down and shops there all the time and the other thing was it made him feel like not not isolated like uh, like it was just kind of like exactly like Rose said it was like a soft boy Grinch where he's just kind of like a (laughs) depressed guy who's going down and he just needs to do some you know like some some self-care um and some oh, emotional I mean, this, labor to get. He over. has a neighbor. I, like he,
4: he's he's so well known that he has like a neighbor who like yeah, he talks yeah. to and he knows <laughs> him by name. His, but
0: that's well, the it. Fi- makes
3: sense that this film. It makes sense that this film was directed by uh, Scott Mosher because really the Grinch in this version is like a fucking Kevin Smith Randall type character. He's just some <laughs> yeah, asshole yeah. that hangs around in town and is mean to everyone. Christmas uh, would be so for great if it weren't for
4: all the fucking who's.
3: Yeah, I, I much prefer. I much prefer the Grinch that sits on his mountaintop and just stews over the, the Who's and obsesses over them yeah. while they don't think yeah. of him
0: very much at I, all. I, That's a, a much better version I, of the story. I prefer that too, which is why the original is, of course, the best and like um, not even worth comparing to this one. But I, I agree with Kurt in the sense... And that actually bothered me at first because that does fundamentally change the nature of the story, that it's not... Um, this isolated guy that lives outside of town and hates them from afar, but he's actually part of the town. And like that is very weird and it really changes the story. But it also,, uh, I think the the point of that, I think, is that it makes the Grinch a more relatable character to like a regular person. you know, It's that he's like, he is technically a part of this community but he doesn't fit in he doesn't belong he like hate he feels different from everybody and he resents them and he hates them and they don't really they don't really see him they know who he is, and they talk to him, and they say nice things to him, but they don't see him, and they don't understand him. And that—that's—and—and and yeah. he just hates them, and he like picks on them and bullies them, and they don't even really notice that he's being mean, except for, I guess, Cindy Lou who who he's so mean to. And that's why I—that's why I said it's why I said in the chat earlier that like he should have been played by Larry David. Because that would have made <laughs> yeah. those scenes where he's going around <laughs> Toville just shitting on everybody so funny. If it were someone like mm-hmm. that who was great at being a kind of, um, you know, like a curmudgeon, like, you know, a yeah. uh, 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 what's the word for when you hate humanity? Uh, <laughs> a misanthropist.
1: Yeah. Um, yeah. To, to the, the the issue, though, for me is like he's not actually consistently cruel, even at the beginning. Like, yes, when he goes yeah. down into Whoville, he's he's mean. But then like he's he's very n- nice at, at like a bunch of times to, to, to Max. And I suspect that that was like a specific decision. I, I, incidentally, <laughs> t- to have him not the be animal mean abuse. to Max. because he's a prick to, to Max in the, in oh, the original. Yeah. And in
3: this, like... And b- I love that in the original. In, in this, <laughs> he, he tells, Max, he tells Max, like,
1: all this nice stuff, even before he has his change of heart. But yes, well, yeah, it's, exactly. Well, it's kind
3: of like, it's kinda like I love, how... I love that in the original... It, Well, well, yeah. I love that in the original, uh, the Grinch putting uh, Max to work on his sewing machine (laughs) and stuff. I I love how cruel uh, the the Grinch is in that version, and how I mean, in this version too, they even make him like like all the Illumination Studio stuff. It all looks like it came out of. Uh, like a, a blender auto setting or something, like auto-generated yeah. character. Everything is so smooth and simple. It's like a rock there's, there's none of the... um. It's so sanitary. There's none of like, you know... The nastiness of the old school animation, That's uh, you true. Know, drawing the the Grinch's teeth rotted and falling out, and uh, Max like with his worried little face, and like the way his skin bunches up and is wrinkled, and it's it's great. And this version is just yeah, he's a very clean, uh, sad boy who probably has a, a medium follower Twitter <laughs> well, account. The other, thing, you know. Th- you know, yeah, those go ahead. Like children's
2: head. toys that are like they look kind of like bowling pins, but they've got like they're made to look like people, sort of. And you punch them, and they fall back down, and they come back up. Yeah, that's the vibe sure. that I get from every single character in this movie. They just like have that silhouette mm-hmm. and. It's just sort of, I don't know, like frustrating. Oh.
3: Yeah, it looks like when there's a video game and you have a custom character creator in it and someone tries to make the Grinch like using <laughs> custom character creator, but it comes out it's like, yeah, that's, that's basically right. It is, he's green and he has fur, I guess. Uh-
2: <laughs> yeah, the, ca- Even the character
0: Lord. design is pretty weak. Uh, there are just some bits of uh, like some bits of like motion like in the animation that i think are like well done and kind of engaging to watch especially when i was high uh-
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah so like the design of whoville i thought was pretty good um it wasn't as like exaggerated surrealist as the dr seuss originals are but like i didn't mind the way that they went with this kind of w- weird like Tower of Babel design for, for Whoville, Um, but Mount Crumpet just looked like a like a nothing. Like the I I I felt like the the one design thing that really bugged me was the fact that like the you don't really get a sense for Like where the Grinch lives Whereas in the original Mm -hmm. It's just like a nasty cave On top of this awful Jagged (laughs) mountain Yeah And you understand In an instant That like The Grinch lives in filth And in this He's kind of like It's just kind of like A nice little Like he has like Like an espresso machine He's got like a dumb waiter It's like kind of like A nice house That the Grinch has Yeah
0: Oh he's got a huge Huge house
1: He's got the best
0: house In the whole city Like he's like The top dog there It seems like Uh I um... that's
3: a good point because I like that in the in the original cartoon that everything that the Grinch has is so gross and shoddy yeah, and, cheap and broken and even and even his sled like when he gets that together in his costume everything is so ill-fitting and poorly put together the the little horns he puts on max as well like every <laughs> element is so cheap and uh it, it, it makes for that fan it really adds a lot to that fantastic finale
2: when um they're teetering this- over the edge Mm-hmm. The single antler on Max, I fucking love that. My my dog, my my dog, he lives with my folks. Looks a lot like Max. So I'm trying to convince my mom to find a single antler.
1: To Rose, you you mentioned yeah, the finale, they... but does does the Grinch actually pick up his sleigh in this, or or does that that like oxen uh, reindeer thing help him? I uh, I, can't I very much tuned it's out. A whole, near the end. It's a whole. It's tr- a whole.
0: I wouldn't be able to tell it's you. It's a whole train of animals helping him uh, pull it back up. I think he does lift it up for a second, though. I don't know. Um, I, did they, as I didn't notice this, but
3: maybe they had at some point, I'm assuming they did not show uh, one of my favorite gags in the cartoon, which is Max pulling the sleigh and the Grinch, like, viciously whipping him. This they, no, they,
0: they, kind of did, they kind of did. It was He wasn't uh, like as sadistic about it. But it was like uh, <laughs> after because there was the whole thing where he tried to recruit the reindeer mm-hmm. and the ox and all that to pull a sleigh, and they all ran away. Mm-hmm. And then he like appeals to Max and is like, "Hey, buddy, would you pull the sleigh for me?" And then he is kind of doing like the whip thing a little bit, but he's not like, he, um, he yeah, he's not like he's sadistic, not being sadistic, like trying, yeah. um, making him run into the snow. I, I just have
3: to. I really, you know, that original cartoon is probably. It's absolutely one of my favorite Christmas like pieces of media. Definitely my favorite of the of the um, Doctor Seuss uh, cartoon series, whatever that was, where they did like a few of the releases. Mm -hmm. Uh, Mm -hmm. The Grinch is definitely my number one of that series. Yeah, I mean
1: that was don't sleep on on a Halloween Halloween is Grinch night. night. (laughs) Uh, Yeah,
0: that is a fucked up little cartoon truly <laughs> disturbing to watch uh re- really just shows the 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 rottenness at the core of the grinch's cold heart but um <laughs> don't need to get i i just have to say uh just one last thing i have to say in terms of the design is like i agree with you that the design in this is very like lazy and whatever but no- nothing in this movie Could give me the pure revulsion I feel when I look at one of those uh, live action actors with the stupid who makeup noses (laughs) in that awful fucking Jim Carrey movie. It's so gross. That movie's so gross to look at. And the little girl,
4: Island of Dr. Moreau cast offs, like they're like
0: Cindy Lou Who with that fucking fake makeup nose on. It looks terrible. Awful thing to do to a child. It's creepy. Cindy Lou Who in the original cartoon makes
3: me cry I like (laughs) like she's so uh, small I thought she
0: was very cute in this version she was very uh, plucky and precocious and fun I thought they did a pretty good job
4: yeah and I think they actually gave her a story too Mm -hmm. it's not um her own story where it's like she has her own you know motivations and and, and, you know she she wants to help out her mom which i you
0: know i I thought that was that worked pretty well and it was a decent little twist to have like uh you know the grinch assuming that she was just some some greedy little snot-nosed kid who just wanted presents (laughs) and then when he hears that she's actually just worried about her mom
1: the grinch is just like oh yeah oh uh, <laughs> I, that that part I didn't like. I liked everything up until that part because in the original, the the biggest betrayal is when the Grinch gets caught and he's like, "Oh, oh it's just me, yeah. Santa, so, just he's here so helping evil with the tree." That. And in this, I that's that where scene. the Grinch is like, "Oh, maybe what I'm doing is like wrong. Maybe I should be." And I was like, "No, that shouldn't that shouldn't happen yet. He hasn't okay. had the realization." Okay, <laughs> it undercuts okay. it for the Grinch to but, be sympathetic. But then. look,
0: so uh, uh so. We all agree that it's a mistake to adapt a story like The Grinch into the form of a feature-length movie. But putting that aside, the fact that they're doing it, having a character simply be evil and not care about anything for the run of the movie then have a sudden change of heart at the end does not work for a movie, you know? Like, it makes sense. Does this work? No, but I'm just talking about, like, the reality (laughs) of adapting something to a movie. The, The... the, there has to be, like, some gradual character growth. It has to, they're like, you know, there needs to be more beats to it than him just being pure evil and then suddenly at the end hearing the Who's singing and like, oh, now my heart grew and I'm good now, you know?
1: <laughs> I... I agree. There doesn't with that, have but to be they, any of this. <laughs> yeah, that's that's true. So so tre- Trevor, I agree with that that you do need like a little bit more development. But, but like but I, I, I'm just say I I think they, they start off way too oh, soft no, and so uh, their attempt to develop it really doesn't work. I'm, like look, I'm not even, look at something I'm not even like saying, the Christmas Carol I'm not even
0: saying the movie on the whole is good. It's just that I thought that was a good moment and your criticism of it is like, well, it's not supposed to be like that in the story, but it's like, come on, you know? <laughs> it, no, it's see, a good see, to, it, to Context of this movie, which is not the original Grinch story, it's a good moment.
1: I, to to me though, the the Grinch never seems there. There there has to be at least a has moment to, has to be where you're like where you're like the you're Grinch. So prescriptive sucks. about the Grinch, but but his 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 redemption doesn't mean anything if he's never actually unsympathetic to the audience. Like, yeah, no, that's like, true, you, I guess, but, you know... If, if if he's the Scrooge, it doesn't mean anything that he's nice at the end if he's always deep down kind of nice. Yeah, like, well, clearly... Like, a Christmas Carol does have that, that aspect of, like, you know, halfway... Th- through, through the movie when he sees himself as a young kid or or through the story, you're like, oh, okay, like deep down he is nice. But that doesn't mean that he has to be secretly nice the, the entire time. He doesn't, time. So to he me, doesn't it just, have it, to
0: be, but this is a version of the Grinch where he's more of a – supposed to be a relatable everyman who you can see yourself in his shoes. Whether or not that's a good idea, I mean, I guess you would say it's not, but that's what the movie is. That's what
1: they're doing. I, I get what they were trying to do but to me they forgot to just ever have the Grinch actually be bad I, I don't like, I nothing, don't think to me I don't think they forgot does. though I think
0: it was he, intentional He still steals
4: everything Yeah yeah like, even, like, That is even
0: pretty fucked Winston up Winsy Lou <laughs>
4: Yeah, when yeah. Siddy Lou like, re- reveals that she's doing all this just for her single mom, uh, he still is exactly. like, okay, and then still steals their tree. He
0: feels bad, but he still steals her whole Christmas and breaks her poor little heart and is so totally a- going to go through with it if it weren't for the
1: very end. So like, he's pretty bad. I don't ever genuinely believe that the Grinch in this would have thrown it off the top genuinely of the mountain.
0: Genuinely be- You don't genuinely believe... Nothing... This is a
1: silly <laughs> fucking goof of a movie. Of course you don't genuinely believe it. Uh, I don't think a child would genuinely believe it. I think that there's enough signaling in Chris, this Chris, that a child me, would be like, Chris, oh, okay, this your, guy is does, supposed to did be. Did your nice daughter guy.
0: believe it? Your daughter is immersed in she this loves- movie, right? Yeah, yeah, she there is.
4: Uh, she loves Mr. <laughs> and she calls him Mr. Grinch, uh-huh. uh, but... I, I don't think children
2: she... are very easy to fool. Yes. look, Kurt was the one. I, I will Kurt say was the
0: one that said children. I didn't say that. Kurt brought that up. Point.
1: Uh, well, a well, child I, I mean, the Grinch, my daughter's is very mistake. advanced. So, <laughs> so a child should not to, like the Grinch. Take... A child should be afraid of the Grinch. But <laughs> even after the movie, For their own not good. everything has yes. to be scary.
0: <laughs> you can show your kid Halloween is well, Grinch night if you want them to be scared. But that's not the point of this movie.
4: I did that with Hocus Pocus but uh, she
0: (laughs) she uh,
4: I I think well the the thing is so this opens the door to Because after this movie, she loved it so much that we got the book, and then she asked us to read the book over and over again uh, throughout the year. Like it wasn't just it wasn't just a Christmas, but so she got into the book from from watching this movie, and she she can like you know it's the same you know I know there's disagreements, but I I do think it is the same basic story of you know he he didn't like Christmas, yeah. He learns he learns to like Christmas because you know it means something. So uh, so she she gets it. She makes that connection. She doesn't. I mean I, I agree that we you know, she's not we're not like uh she doesn't I don't know. She 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 likes the Grinch more than she probably should. Like she should be more like, oh, he's such a bad guy. But like at the end, she's she's in the frame of mind where at the end, where she's like, oh, he's nice now. When
1: When we got done watching the movie, my daughter turned to me and said, "Daddy, tell your podcast friends this was a bad movie. I like the other Grinch better." She said that to me, so that's you know.
0: Okay, so (laughs) am I supposed to value the opinions of children or not? Because one kid loves it, one kid doesn't like it. You know, whatever. (laughs)
4: that is the vagaries of children that's the that's the problem yeah
0: uh so uh, there's another thing that i forgot to mention this is the other major thing that sort of colored my expectations for the movie is i don't think i ever actually watched this movie in its entirety but the previous illumination studios version of the lorax is such a piece of shit like that like yeah i like that, that's one where it f- completely fucking misses the point of the thing by a mile. Like, first of all, taking the onceler and making him this like uh, cute, likable <laughs> character that everyone on Tumblr wants to have sex with now. And like, that's so and, funny. And it's that played rocks. by Ed Helms. But also, more, even more so than that, in the setup to the movie, which it, it, in the book it's supposed to be this like ruined world like like the de- the the destruction of the environment has wrought havoc on this part of the world and everything is stormy and cloudy and shitty and then it tells the story of how you know get uh uh, uh cutting down the Truffula tree into extinction basically like destroyed the environment but Everything looks fine in the modern part of the story, in the Lorax. Everything's bright and sunny, so, like, how are they giving me the message that it's wrong to cut down trees or destroy the environment if, from, from what I can see, it doesn't look like there's any lasting... Di- there's no more of those silly trees, but otherwise, everything's fine. So that was totally fucked up. Uh, so that Lorax <laughs> movie really pissed me off. And that was another reason, between that and the shitty Grinch movie I don't like, I was expecting the absolute worst for this movie. And that's why, like, it rose way above that expectation. But even upon revisiting it, because I watched it again today, sober, and it's definitely not very good. It's like a C. It's a very average movie.
2: Yeah, but I, way, I way better,
0: the, way better the, than the I was trained that- to believe it would be. Sorry, Kurt.
2: Trend. No no yeah
1: i i i, I agree <laughs> with you that they don't completely like bungle it the the way that they did like the 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 Lorax or wasn't there like like a Horton here is a who I don't i movie don't think recently? that was
0: illumination i think that was a different It wasn't
1: studio. it was it, yeah you it, it it was yeah but like it's it's definitely recognizably how the Grinch stole Christmas but to to me the the problem is 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 a different one that still bothers me a lot where I feel like an adaptation like this happens uh in much the same way that like the live action Disney reboots happen where they, they take something that was very popular, it's really obvious why it worked, and they go, Well, how how do we update this? Like they go in, it seems like with to meet with the assumption that what what worked once wouldn't work now. Kids and people are are so different that we need to go in and like fix it or tweak it. And, and to me, this movie is just operating under the assumption that like you need a softer, nicer Grinch. I I think your point about the Grinch being more relatable is is exactly correct, and I'm I'm sure that that was their intent. And I and I I do agree that they they achieved that. But to me, the idea that like uh, taking something that, like, like Rose said, is like great and iconic. This, this like indelible children's entertainment thing from the past, and that oh, we need like that. That's not good enough, or that doesn't work anymore. We need to fix it. We need to have like Pharrell. We need to have oh, okay. The the Tyler <laughs> the Creator songs are are great. I I did appreciate that. Um, I I, I think y- you even said Trev, and I completely agree that they could have had him be both the Grinch and the narrator. Oh, yeah. Yeah. A significant improvement. Yeah. Like the Boris
0: Karloff of the fuck it in uh, the whole thing. He
1: is a little bit more threatening in like his vocal delivery or even just have Benedict Cumberbatch do like the smog vocal, you know, performance where it's a little bit more intimidating and a little bit more more deeper. And that just really bothers me, this idea that like, oh, well, kids are kids are too soft now for like a weird, you know, jagged edged cartoon. And I don't want to make one of those proclamations that like, oh, they're they're creating, you know, like a nation of wimps or, or anything, but it just makes me feel like, <laughs> you know, let let people make art for kids. Like one of the things that's cool about children's art is that you you can do really weird stuff and kids will just like go along with it. So to me, this is like a grinch that's pitched more towards like, the adults that are taking the kids and less towards kids with their ability to just take in bizarre stuff and go, oh, okay, cool, I'll, I'll go along with this. Well, but, adults but, b- broadly speaking, adults are the I, I ones, do agree with you. Adults are the ones with the wallets, so, you know. <laughs> but,
0: yeah, I
3: mean, sometimes, I mean, the sometimes it doesn't feel the, that the way. The point of a project, like, I mean, the point of a movie like this isn't isn't to make a movie. It's to make a movie trailer. Um, that's it. It's That's how yeah. Illumination Studios works. Nothing that they're making has any thought or care or love put into it. It's all coming off of a factory line. And that's how they can get someone like Scott Moser to direct, because there is no directing to do. Um, the point of this is not to create a film. It's to create a very, very safe product that feels unthreatening, that is tied to an IP... Um, which parents recognize with the Grinch. Uh, it has the right level of nostalgia where they want to take it to th- their kids to see it. Uh, the trailer is very inoffensive and the animation is colorful and soft and your kid can stare at it for an hour and a half uh, and be enthralled. Uh, there's no intention to create a-, a good film anywhere along the process. So it's hard to even talk about it as like as, like, a, I don't know, a work of art or something. Well,
1: yeah, they couldn't even bother to be like, Pharrell, could you try the narration again and, and do it a little bit better this time?
3: Well, yeah. Yeah, I- like, everyone's just trying to get their paycheck. Everyone's trying to get to the end of the finish line. All right, folks, we don't have much time here. Benedict, get your get your lines out. Like, first take, let's go. Uh, we gotta get this out by Christmas. Yeah,
0: I mean, you, so you, you guys all really didn't like Benedict Cumberbatch as the Grinch, and I... I, and oh, I ag- I agree not. with that but I was just so glad that it wasn't like Ed Helms or Steve Carell or something That's doing true. like an over <laughs> yeah, the top yeah. so, like I I don't love really love Benedict Cumberbatch and I don't even like the way he did the Grinch it was very it was a very soft vocal performance from him when I know he could have done a like a less nasally kind of more threatening voice uh but mm-hmm. I still like the fact that they did do like a softer, more relatable Grinch and the fact that they got an actor like Benedict Cumberbatch instead of getting like, I don't know, like Ben Schwartz or something to like really uh. just really uh, overdo, <laughs> really make him as soft as and and nasally as possible was like a real relief for me. I also I do. Yeah, they definitely could have gone for like a like a Jesse Eisenberg or something. Oh, Jesse Eisenberg would have been great. No, bad example. <laughs> Jesse Eisenberg could be an awesome Grinch. If 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 Jesse Eisenberg played the Grinch like the way he played Mark Zuckerberg or like fucking Lex Luthor, like that would be fucking sick, dude. The
2: Zuckerberg Grinch. <laughs>
0: Yeah, that would be great, actually. But um, it it did
1: kind of ruin yeah, it for me. I just me. don't like
3: Benedict Cumberbatch. Yeah, uh, I don't. I don't like Benedict Cumberbatch too much. I don't, much. Like don't really him. like the direction he, he went. Went with it, and uh, boy oh boy, did I miss Boris Karloff's beautiful, beautiful voice um, from that original cartoon. Well, we all miss
0: Boris Karloff, but he died a hundred years ago. Luckily, we have that cartoon we can watch. But we gotta talk about our boy Scott Mosier a little bit, because, I mean, that's ostensibly the connection to the show. This is his first time actually directing anything, I believe. He's served Uh as a producer on all of Kevin's movies. He has a couple. He must have lucked out. Like <laughs> he must have. He, he must have
3: ran into someone at a party. Like he must have gotten some hookup to get this job because it is a pure studio hack job. It's, uh, it's usually something that a director gives to their kid uh, or like a producer gives to their shitty well, kid. But somehow Scott Mosier ended up being in the well, seat. Here's the, here's I do how thing. it happened.
0: Scott Mosier is the co-director. The other co-director of this movie is a man named Yarrow Chaney, who's like a veteran what? of animation. He's I mean, he's worked on like basically all the Illumination movies, it looks like. But way back, he was doing Oof. the CG animation for like Iron Giant and uh, like a couple of Disney movies like uh, Treasure Planet. So like this guy is clearly the one who's like an old pro at the animation. So in terms of the uh, mm-hmm. technical aspects of directing the movie, I suspect Yarrow Cheney was largely responsible for it, which leads me to ask, that makes what do we think Scott Mosier, in his capacity as co-director actually did?
3: I I think the intention was probably to get him to do like uh, a Grinch that was like kind of like Randall or something. Like that's the only thing I can really think (laughs) of. Because it does kind of strike me having a similar um sense of humor that's really it i'm assuming that the only reason they didn't get kevin smith is that he probably costs a little bit more his uh and his name isn't good in the industry Uh, Yeah, yeah, yeah. and most importantly uh kevin can't complete a fucking project yeah yeah. so maybe scott could actually bring it in on Uh, yeah (laughs) no
0: i don't i don't think that kevin smith would have been even been someone who they would want to get like if like if no, but Scott, like, Scott Mosher having if, getting this uh, co-directing role, I don't think is because of his connection to Kevin Smith. I think it's probably because of some business connections that he made with these weirdos who huh. make these movies. Uh, but what I, what I'm
3: yeah, there's some some back dealing
0: going on. I don't know what's happening. But what there. I'm asking,
3: he didn't get it off his skill. But what I'm, ask, but what I'm asking, what I'm asking
0: is what do w- what kind of active role do we think he actually took? in directing the movie because i mean my suspicion is that he more or less was like a producer that like was able to give himself the directing credit so he can get like more points on the movie like i i I really i
3: I was that's what i was saying is that i think that he probably directed the actors was more involved with the actors and they probably wanted him to get like the grinch to be kind of like a clerk's character or something yeah well Like that's, that's probably no
0: I mean, I don't think it had anything to do with Clerks or Kevin Smith, but I do think that like he, I feel like he was basically barely involved and was more of a producer on it and like probably didn't barely did anything creative in making
1: this movie. That's just my suspicion. What's because, uh, so I, I went and looked up to see if there was like a, an interview with him talking about the movie. And I, I did find like a one or two very short things from like I, there's this one on Screen Rant that just looks like it's either like a transcript or he just responded to an email. And he really has nothing at all to say about the process yeah. of making the movie. He just says, like, Oh, these four other people were involved and I love all of them. Right. And then the only thing he has to say about how he gets, how he got involved in the movie was that after Zack and Miri make a porno, he wanted to get involved in animation. And then he got (laughs) an email from Chris Melodandry, who was like, hey, do you want to work on the Grinch? And he said, yes. <laughs> and that's all that he ha- that, <laughs> Yeah, that's the only thing he has to say about it. That's um, such, or like the he entire jumped off process. a sinking ship. That's such a
0: uh, non-creative like producer attitude. Like he has no, I mean, we've seen this guy in behind the scenes documentaries and he has no personality, no creative <laughs> flair, like of any kind. He's just like this monotone little creep. And it's just, I, watching this movie, I mean, whatever you think of it, it was very energetic and full of life and all that. And I can't, couldn't imagine him being responsible for any of that. Like, uh, and then what you just told me about the interview, that tracks perfectly with what I would expect. He's got nothing to say about the creative process because it means nothing. He's basically just there overseeing, like, approving shots and, like, approving edits and shit. And then he gets to call himself the co director.
4: I I listened to hours and hours of Smodcast. Uh, That was
0: interesting. One of the first
4: podcasts I got into. And, like, I, you know, I cannot, you know, there's plenty of things I can remember about Kevin talking about. I have zero memory of anything interesting Scott Moser had ever said on that uh, podcast. So, like, I, 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 he just seems like a complete. Yeah, he's a total uh, zero. He. He,
1: and, and so Kevin there was originally another director on this um oh. named Peter Candeland who uh is like actually like an animation guy he oh. he did a bunch of animation work for for Disney it looks like um in like the 90s he was also one of the animators on um he he directed a bunch of uh gorillas um like music videos oh, shit. and documentaries it looks like Um, and he left the movie in like 2017 and then and then scott Mosier was brought in to replace him (laughs) and i can't really find much (laughs) about this guy but it makes me wonder if at some point they were developing it as more of a musical given that like he has a background making like Hmm. musical shorts and musical features and that maybe when they decided not to do that he 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 bailed or got pushed out or something it's it's kind of strange because he doesn't you know, he's 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 has like a long career in animation, but really nothing in like feature film direction at all. So it just seems like an like an interesting choice for for someone to be involved at all at any point.
0: Yeah, that's weird. It all, I mean, what that makes me think was that he originally was just like a, a producer, like an EP on the thing. And when one of the directors stepped out, he basically just slipped into the role, but wasn't ever really like. <laughs> that wasn't ever really like what he was supposed to do and pr- but uh yeah because i don't th- he's clearly not a creative person
4: well i mean is it, here's the thing I, it doesn't look like he's like involved with any other movies coming out no like, uh as director so you would think if this was like a step into a new career it would be like working on S- secret life of pets 3 yeah, or yeah it like almost that. just he seems scott
1: Mosier or the other guy Scott Mosier. It almost
0: just seems like a technicality that he was even called a (laughs) co-director.
1: Yeah. Um, It's some kind of weird, like, contractual thing where, like, they needed to screw somebody over. (laughs) Right. So it's like, well, we need two directors, (laughs) as it it turns out. It's like,
0: hey, uh, we lost uh, one of our uh, directors. Like, hey, Scott, do you want to get your DGA card and get
1: five extra points on the back end? And he's like, yeah, sure. Yeah. uh, Yeah. We we already designed uh, the, like the like, credits sequence, and we made a spot for two directors, and so we need a name to put in there, otherwise the animation won't render. Yeah. Oh, I forgot to mention uh, the other co-director, Yero
0: Chaney. Another thing that he apparently made earlier in his career was the title sequence to the Dilbert cartoon. I don't know if any of you ever watched the Dilbert cartoon that was on UPN many years ago. But I yes. did, yeah. and no. I remember thinking that that <laughs> opening credit sequence was so cool. So, as a kid, so when I saw that he was the uh, was the creator of that, uh, I was like, "Oh man, this guy, this guy's pretty good. He did Iron Giant, he did Dilbert, <laughs> he did Mummies Alive, Mummies Alive, and, oh, and the wow. Max. Yeah.
4: I liked um going back to the Grinch. I liked uh Keenan Thompson oh, he's a lot great. in this. Uh he is he's he's good in, like whenever he shows up he's uh, he was really good in uh, Hubie Halloween. I don't know if you checked I that saw out. That, yeah. Uh he was yeah, he it's it's so weird because you know I remember watching Kenan and Kel and all that when I was a kid and like to think that he's like still around and like consistently on TV and in movies is just it, it was something that was you I never would have thought that would would happen but it's, he's a pleasure to see when he comes. He's into stuff. so
0: good. He's one of the most reliable uh, kind of comedic, the most reliable comedy like bit player in the game probably. He he's been SNL's like soul-saving grace for like almost 20 fucking mm-hmm. years now. Like when whenever yeah. he shows up on screen, the show gets like marginally better. <laughs> <laughs> um What else is there to say about this damn Grinch movie?
1: You know, there was there was Not one much. spot in particular where I completely felt this like in line with a crappy kids CGI movie where I was real like I really felt it. And that was there's this one particular shot that all of these CGI kids films do for some reason. Um and it must just be like one of those things where like there's some producer who's like, oh you, you have to put this gag in where people are on something careening wildly out of control and it spins past the point of view of the camera and you get a close up of their faces in slow motion with like their their lips like flapping and being weird and they have a shot like that mm. um in this, where they're they're trying to get the reindeer to steer the sleigh, and it was just one of those like kids movie things that always has to happen. I I, I guess the the other thing that that I, I noticed was there's there was that part where like Cindy Lou rides down a sleigh, and it's it's very like oh we're like we're flying through CGI crap, and I was like oh right this is a CGI kids movie, <laughs> um and that that was where I I really felt like oh yeah this is just like sing or just like these other things that uh, apart from that though i i do think again that it was like a middle of the road crappy kids Mm. cgi movie um and i I don't know there's just something about the there's something so like out of the box about these family cgi movies that really bothers me about just how repetitive and samey they all are where they always have to have a bunch of like very specific mechanics that make it that kind of movie. And it really doesn't matter Paint by what movie it is. Yeah. It's just like, oh, we're going to make one of those movies. We have to do this and this and this. Someone has to have like, for some reason, all these movies always have like a contraption that makes people breakfast or, or, or food or <laughs> yes. something. Like the Despicable Me movies have that too. That That's all
0: stolen from
1: Pee Wee, right? From one of the Pee Wee yes. movies. Oh, yeah.
0: Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it is. Yeah.
4: Yeah. yeah. Pee-wee's big adventure yeah
0: uh, the, the the
4: gag in this movie that really re- made me think of like oh this is a crappy kids movie was um the goat that yells oh so oh, yeah. annoying yeah.
0: I hated that yeah <laughs> and
4: and it comes back multiple times and that's where it's like oh they're they're really leaning on this joke and that's that's the
2: one where I was like oh boy yeah they didn't they didn't like, bother. Yeah, that sucked these little cheat codes that they put in stuff now and they're just so frustrating to like as an adult watch and just be like okay, well, that's sort of cheating. Yeah. You know?
0: Yeah, I mean, whenever I uh, need to watch something like this, uh, I go in expecting the absolute worst because, like like I said, like all of these things that really suck about this movie are like, I was expecting 10 times more of it, <laughs> you know? So it's like, yeah, the, between that and, uh, you know, Kratom and Weed, uh I, I was able to have a pretty good time watching this and then re-watching it, it wasn't totally terrible because I was only half paying attention um, but uh it was fine. Yeah, 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 it's fine. They never needed to make a full-length movie out of the Grinch. It didn't need to happen. It just especially shouldn't have happened the first time because that was just a travesty and a real piece of shit that I hate. And this time I felt like they got slightly closer to the mark. You know, there's one. We talked about how they wrote all this new rhyming verse that sucks. And there are even parts that they like that are like there literally is in the book, but they rewrite it with their own new shitty rhymes. Uh, And there is one part that stood out to me that wasn't changed that actually was from the original book, and it's the part where it's saying, like, no one knows why the Grinch hates Christmas, uh, you know, it could be his, uh, his head wasn't screwed on just right, it could be perhaps his shoes were too tight. And like, I really like that they kept that part because it sums up such a fundamental point of the Grinch that the original movie misses is that, like, you know, you could give Grinch this whole tragic backstory. There's obviously some reason why he's such an asshole and a piece of shit, but who cares? It's irrelevant. The point is, he he's an asshole and he hates Christmas. But, yeah, the movie still sucks, but they got a little bit closer this time, and they never need to make another Grinch movie again. Unfortunately, that's not happening, because Warner Brothers has the rights to the Dr. Seuss books now, and they're planning a whole fucking... Uh, Dr. Seuss cinematic universe and that's going to be a stupid fucking... They're making a Thing 1 and Thing 2 movie. They announced three movies they're making. One of them is called Thing 1 and Thing 2. They're like an unremarkable part of one of the children's books, which already never needed to be a full-length movie. There's no need. A full-length Cat in the Hat movie is ridiculous, and you're going to give a full movie just to Thing 1 and Thing 2? That's a fucking joke, man. (laughs) there is the, the cat a,
4: in hats after credits like i i want to tell you about the oh doctor my God. <laughs> no,
0: no, no. cat in the hat would be cat in the hat would be the nick fury of the whole thing like uh at the end of like horton hears a who cat in the hat shows up and it's like oh you think you know who's oh you you don't know the half of it buddy follow me <laughs>
1: It's it's all building up to the butter battle book. Um, mm, yeah, where yeah, the various Doctor Seuss characters have to avert global catastrophe. There, there is there is, however, I must mention a really execrable uh, Cat in the Hat um, TV series that I absolutely hate. Where the Cat in the Hat is voiced by Martin Short, oh. and he's basically doing he's basically doing like the Jiminy Glick voice and i i <laughs> i actually like martin short but i really hate the Jiminy glick voice that he uh, does and it's really wrong for the cat in the hat and it, it is it is specifically like an educational kids cartoon but he's doing that that voice that i i won't even curse this this podcast by trying to dude, there's a, and it makes it really there's annoying. a green
0: eggs and ham show on netflix now starring fucking michael oh, douglas yeah. I can't remember Jeez. if Michael Douglas plays Sam I Am or the other guy, uh, but one of them is isn't, Michael Douglas. Isn't, isn't Ellen?
1: Doesn't Ellen like narrate s- some of that? Maybe I don't know. I feel like she was involved in some capacity. But I saw the, yeah, when that when I saw the ad for that, and it
0: looked like total shit. And then I saw that fucking Michael Douglas is in it. I was like,
1: <laughs> "What the fuck is this?" <laughs> They should have used some of their like Netflix strings to get uh, Steven Seagal and, and have him come in and do a voice. I don't know of who exactly, but. uh, Well,
0: Ted and Rose, uh, do you have anything left to say about this or are you? Uh, um, no, I'm tricked out. Uh, <laughs> yeah, Ted, Yeah. <laughs> uh, uh, Rose, do we have? I'm all good. I'm all right. Do we have any uh, Kevin's receipts uh, planned for this one? Yeah, uh, I have
3: I have a very quick one. I was actually, I was looking for something special. Um, I, I didn't find it. I'm going to keep looking for it. There is a Clerks Christmas comic, which I'm oh on the search God. for. I cannot find a copy for it yet. I will get to it eventually. But in the meantime, <laughs> uh, I will just share a quick little article that I found recently, which uh, I found uh, interesting because it gave some extra details and some specific numbers to some questions that we've had about Kevin and his finances and specifically him and Harvey's relationship. Because I think we've mentioned in the past that Kevin was like probably scammed uh, by Harvey because Harvey (laughs) was obviously like Uh tricking him the entire time. He was obviously like exploiting him or, or whatever. And we've also theorized that like we assume Kevin is rich to a certain amount, though he's very cagey about it. Um, so I, I've I've a little section here from an interview he very recently did um, about a documentary that's coming out about Clerks, which unfortunately we're going to have to watch. Not very excited about that one. Another one. Um, <laughs> or the one that's There's called like Clerk Three, isn't it? Yeah. There?
0: How many fucking? All right, sorry. <laughs> Go ahead. So
3: at at one point in the interview, they ask him about Harvey, and they say, um, "I'm just going to read the full thing. That's interesting." Harvey was known for not paying people what they were owed. Did you ever experience (laughs) that, Kevin? He was notorious for that. I did encounter that. And I'm still out of money. But you got to understand, I never cared about the money. Uh My whole career, my reps were like, you're supposed to be making far more. Money's never been a motivator for me. This (laughs) much I know. They bought clerks for $227,000. And the movie went out and made $3 million at the box office. And it took seven years for us to see any profit from it. For seven years, what? Miramax told us, "Nope, movie's still not in profit." And then we would say, "How?" And, and, and then yeah, nothing. <laughs> uh, and the, he says, "And then there are things." We all went. This is a real gem. I had never heard this before. We all went to Cannes. There were four movies that Miramax took to the Cannes Film Festival in 1994, and, and they list some of. Uh, uh, oh, wait, sorry. One second here. I just got a little bit lost. Um, okay, yeah, here we go. Um, we were in the International Critics Week section, which we actually won. I get flown over by the festival. I was given a free hotel room from the festival. This is a long way of saying Miramax didn't have to pay for anything. Oh, there was a yacht. Um... The Miramax yacht, it was called. That's where all the stars were. We hung out on it, hung out with Quentin Tarantino after he won his Palme d'Or and stuff. But that yacht wasn't for us. When the festival was over, we got the financial statement. They had taken the entire cans bill, chopped it up, and split it between us evenly. Uh, (laughs) Oh, wait, sorry. Uh, They they'd taken the entire cans bill, everything they spent in cans, and just chopped it up into four. And Clerks was charged just as much as pulp
0: fiction <laughs> So
3: we all paid an equal
0: share for the Ro- yacht Rose, uh, <laughs> Which is th- that weird. is a very funny story I just want to point out so no one else uh, tells us we have talked about that exact <laughs> quote on the show before the one you Which just one? the one What's you just read about the yacht yeah I we? think it might have been I think it might have been when? one of Valerie's things that she brought. Uh, but yeah, I definitely recognize that we, we'd done that one before. Still a funny story though. I am sorry.
2: We have had so many different yeah, Kevin stories yeah. on
4: here. The quote so nice. You talk about so, it twice.
2: What's so like revealing about this, you know, combined with what else we know about Kevin is that he's like, not just like, Oh, I just want to like, you know, I'll sell out and make money. He's just like a simp for the movies. Like, <laughs> yeah, not even like cinema, just like, uh, I love the movies, dude. They're they're awesome. This was a. Which is fine, I guess. This was. This (laughs) interview. This interview was
0: from after uh, the Weinstein allegations, right? So that's the thing that's so funny about this is. Up until 2017, you would have never caught Kevin on record saying a single bad word about Harvey Weinstein. (laughs) Nothing but praise, even a decade after Weinstein basically cut professional ties with him. Mm -hmm.
4: But
3: the moment... Yeah, and this leads into the... But the
0: moment that it comes out um, that Harvey is, like, a horrible uh, sex criminal, then he starts airing his personal beefs it's like, oh, yeah, Harvey, you know, he owes me money and shit. Like, fuck you, Kevin. Shut <laughs> your stupid mouth. <laughs> but even
1: then, just a so little this, bit, right? He he still really can't, like, I'm sure there's more that he has that he could say. Yeah. So it no, feels to he me probably, like he's still kind of leaving the door open a little yeah. bit that we're well, like, maybe Harvey will come back. Yeah. And maybe I can get in his well, good here's graces. Well, here's the really, here's the really disgusting this.
0: thing: is he's full of shit. If he's acting like he had no idea that Harvey was ever doing like that bad stuff, you know, he fucking knew, just like everyone else who was ever around him did. And but now that it's out in the open that Harvey's a bad person, obviously he's not going to admit to being complicit in any uh, sexual offenses. So he's just going to be like, yeah, he's a dick. He owes me money. <laughs> so this
3: leads into uh so this leads into the the rest of the interview pretty well cuz he he says that his lawyer told him, this is nuts. We have to audit them. And Kevin said, no, I can't audit people I'm in business with. That's gross. <laughs> and we never audited, the, audited them for years until after <laughs> Clerks 2, which is basically when their relationship had pretty much fallen apart already, I'm pretty sure. Well, they um, did Zach
0: and Miri after and, that, and then that was the last one, I think.
3: Yeah, that was the nail in the coffin. Um, but Clerks, yeah, Clerks 2 also has a weird history with it, because it was like Oh, it was sometime during like the Miramax Disney thing. Whatever, I, I won't get into it. Uh, but then uh, he goes on, and this was an interesting figure. This this was like an interesting little tidbit I didn't know about Kevin that added some clarity to how Harvey, how easy Kevin is to fool for one thing, and like why Kevin has the specific working structure that he did. Because the interviewer asks, uh, the interviewer asks, "Why did you keep working for Harvey after that?" And Kevin says, "Because I got paid up front for every movie.
2: <laughs>
3: <laughs> Believe me, I ain't crying poor, and I got ridiculous escalating salaries. By the time I did Zach and Mary did a porno, I think I made between five or six million dollars up front." Like, just must be nice. Harvey just like dropped a stack on him to make these movies. And then Kevin goes on, he says, So come on, that's ridiculous. But that was my salary. Upfront um, money, up money was so good. I was never like, Hey, man, where are those nickels and dimes on the back? Yeah, end. that's the whole and point. And perhaps of the that's scam, why they kept you making idiot. movies. <laughs> That's yeah, so that's how the whole fucking scam work, and it's so easy. Like Harvey knows that these movies aren't gonna make much up front and they're probably gonna make more on DVD or whatever. So he just like yeah. plops a sack of cash in front of Kevin is like, all right, make a movie, you yeah. fat piece of shit. Just throw a big wad of cash at him to
0: distract him from the fact that he's losing millions of dollars over the next ten to twenty years. Yeah, He's doing yeah. that
1: that like marshmallow test that they do with kids to check their like cognitive <laughs> exactly. development. Where they're like you could have a one marshmallow and now or 10 marshmallows in 10 minutes
3: <laughs> and as we've known from kevin with like the fact that harvey gave him a hel- uh, let him use his helicopter his pri- to fly jet. his wife um to new jersey yeah oh it was a jet it was a, it was a helicopter, helicopter yeah, ride private jet, with his private
0: so. wife across the whole country that would be truly insane
3: <laughs> <laughs> i mean both well, are pretty a crazy jet is but, much uh faster. but yeah the the fact that kevin is a uh, but when you look at the interactions that uh, they have, it's very obvious what their relationship like like Kevin is just in awe of this fucking disgusting troll monster. And all Harvey has to do is just throw him uh, a bone. And he recognizes that Kevin reacts mostly to like very simple (laughs) rewards it's like if you give him a sack of cash and you if he calls to use your your like private jet you let him do that whatever and uh in exchange you completely fuck up all of his contracts because Kevin's never gonna read them he's never gonna go through the details he's never gonna see that uh, he's as he says, he's never getting, like, he's never going to get royalties from clerks or like, at least not for seven years or until there's a fucking <laughs> audit or something like that. Like Harvey swindled this dude. And it's so, it's so clear uh, how easy it was to do. Yeah. And now <laughs> all
0: that money's probably like tied up in, uh, like accounts that have been seized by the fucking justice department or some <laughs> shit. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, so uh, uh,
3: I'm I'm gonna work on uh, hopefully tracking down some of that uh, clerks Christmas stuff soon. But that Dang. I thought was very enlightening. Um, a little passage on our own Ebenezer Scrooge, uh, <laughs> <laughs> Harvey Weinstein,
2: yeah. fat Scrooge.
0: Yeah, Weinstein is kind of uh, like right, Weinstein's well- kind of like the ultimate Grinch. <laughs> Kevin Smith is his max. <laughs> Wow. Yeah,
3: because uh, he's, yeah, he's a little yeah, bitch that he yeah, whips he on a consistent max, basis. Sure. So yeah. <laughs> All right, oh uh, yeah, I almost kind of, I almost felt bad for Kevin seeing how clearly he was getting swindled until he said that he made like six million dollars for directing Zach and Mary make a porno, and I was yeah, like, no, never mind. No, this dude's fucking scumbag. <laughs> I feel bad for office. him. <laughs> I, had like a, I bet active... that's why I bet that's why Harvey was probably pissed off. Because I bet before that point, it probably worked really well when he just gave Kevin yeah, a stack of cash yeah. and was like, give me the rights to your movie and all the royalties. And then Zack came out and fucking
0: bombed. So yeah. Yeah,
3: Harvey probably dropped like and, way more money than he expected to. And Harvey to. probably thought the Seth
0: Rogen-Elizabeth <laughs> Banks factor was going to guarantee some box office returns, and it didn't.
3: Yeah. Which I would think too. Like, I would expect that to be profitable. Um, I don't know why that movie didn't do that well. Probably because everything about it looked
0: totally fucking stupid. You could even tell from the advertisements (laughs) how shitty it was.
3: I know that the the title caused problems. It sure uh, did. In the marketing.
0: Well, um uh kurt and chris kurt it's great to have you back on the show chris welcome aboard uh why don't you guys tell us a little bit about parents uh, just don't understand and maybe kurt uh, refresh our audience's memory about blood knife
1: yeah, absolutely. And yeah, thank you so much for having us back on the show. Uh, so Chris and I co-host Parents just Don't Understand, which is a podcast about uh, children's media and also parenting. Uh, we've been doing uh, you know we we do a pretty wide variety of episodes. we we cover things like uh, you know holiday specials. We just did an episode about uh, all different Thanksgiving specials and how the vast majority of them are fairly racist. Um, we also do some you know some serious <laughs> critical analysis of children's media both in terms of how it functions as art and in terms of how it functions as kind of educational or introductory material uh, for kids and uh, I know that we all literally just recorded an episode about uh, Batman Mask of the phantasm which I'm very excited to get out that oh, was yes. that was an awesome discussion um and uh you know in in terms of uh, of other stuff that I I am working on, um, I also have a digital magazine called Blood Knife, which uh, both both Chris and Trevor have uh, been been published in. Uh, we put out uh, you know five or six original essays um, about sci-fi, fantasy, horror, and capitalism um, each month. Uh, it is a Patreon supported um and you can find that at bloodknife.com or at patreon.com/bloodknife and just again th- you know thank you for having us on um and uh you know what I, I i will even forgive you for making me watch this somewhat okay movie it was fine
0: you <laughs> liked it just fine <laughs> uh, chris you have anything else yes. to uh mention before we go
4: no I, thanks very much for having us on it was, it was awesome. a lot of fun
0: uh it's good to oh, have yeah. you guys uh before we go real quick uh i just want to say i believe that this is going to be our last episode before we take a little holiday break no, I think we no have but more. we're kind of recording out of order so i th- like when they're hearing this it'll probably All be right. uh right before the christmas break i could be wrong but that's the current plan um But uh, in the meantime, while we're on hiatus, we will still have a couple of very special treats coming your way exclusively on the Patreon feed. Uh, The entire uh, six-part miniseries of Batman Be Gone should be available to you now. And uh, we will have more very exciting uh, holiday bonus material coming your way very soon. So if you haven't already, head on over to patreon.com slash we need to talk about Kevin and subscribe for all of that good stuff. That that was it. I'm done. All right. I don't know if I ended that uh, kind of tentative All right, sorry, bye. Bye, Merry Merry Christmas, Bye. happy Hanukkah, this is Bye. You're my You have turned right to your smile. You mm-hmm. have fallen to the sweetness mm-hmm. of a the Caesar Crocodile. Mr. Grinch,
1: you're a flower. Friends, you don't have none. I wouldn't touch you with a 39. And To an empty hole you got, you got garlic in your soul. You got garlic in your soul. The all them smiles, homie, I turn up, frown. All them decorations, I count down. You can ask Max, I don't play around. Ayo, yeah. who is this mean fellow with his skin all green and his teeth?